Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, Rachel, all of us have people in our lives. Maybe it's not relatives, but it's friends or neighbors or coworkers that have different ways of believing or not believing in the same Jesus that we do. So when we come to these opportunities of inviting people into our home, we have a choice to make. And sometimes it can be kind of difficult to know, okay, I don't want this to end up in an argument. I don't want this to be me pushing something down their throat. And I want to show God's love. And in those moments, we we kind of argue, do I even invite them? Do I not? Do I show up at their home or not? Because I want to keep peace, right? That's what God calls us to be peacemakers. And so I don't want to instill anything other than that, especially during the holiday time. Let me just share a little story with you. I have a niece that I dearly love. And she is, she's just a sweetheart and always has been. But you know, she went through college and a lot of times college steers you into new ways of thinking. And then she got into her career and she had been raised in the church, but she never really knew a personal relationship with Jesus. And I remember one time I made a, a special uh, meeting time with her just to have coffee. And she said, Aunt Lou, I know your beliefs and I know how you believe in Jesus. But I want to tell you, I, I don't believe in him the same way you do. I believe that we have to be believing a God that's more inclusive and that God would not ban people just because they believe a different way. And so this was, this was news to me. <laughs> and I had to just, everything in me wanted to just come back and tell her all the whys and wherefores of how she was wrong. But God just tempered my spirit at that moment and said, now is not the time to get in her face. You just need to love her. You just need to love her. And so I was praying under my breath, Lord, help me to respond in the right way. Help me to show your love, even though she's saying these things. And so I responded with, you know, some simple things of, I do believe in Jesus. And I do believe that he's the only way. And, you know, I'm going to pray that that your disbelief never harms our relationship uh, because I love you and that never changes. And I'm going to continue to love you. And over the years, Rachel, I'll tell you that I never back down from what I believe. She's even come to some of my events that where she's heard me speak. And I never know, you know, how she's reacting to it. And I continue to pray 
that God will bring people in her life that will surround her with his good news because she lives far away from me. So I know that that's happening because she'll tell me, hey, guess what? Some friends of ours just told us that they're Christians. And so God is doing his part of keeping her surrounded by believers. And my job has been to love unconditionally, but not to back down from what I believe. And here's what she told me just within the last couple of years. She said, Aunt Lou, I know that you are concerned about me. I know that you pray for me. And I know that you wonder if you're reaching me. And I want to tell you that the way you live your life speaks volumes to me. And it's telling me more than anything you could ever preach to me. Yeah, you know, the Bible says they will know we are Christians by our love, right? I think it was uh, St. Augustine, you know, who said, you know, basically told us to go out and evangelize the world and use words if you must. Right. And let's just be honest. There are so many different denominations. I remember my grandmother on my dad's side was so dogmatic about the way she believed. I loved her, but she was so, she alienated people. And nobody wanted to come around her because she was telling them it was her way or the highway. And not just that, but it was her little church that was the only way that to God. And so if you didn't believe like they did, then you were in bad a bad way. You were not. It wasn't going to end well for you. When we think outside of our us four and no more church walls, we have to be willing to love people where they are. And not everybody is going to believe that the communion table needs to have a scarf on it. Not everybody is going to believe that you have to use a wooden podium to speak from instead of a mic stand. Not, you know, those are things that don't matter. The things that matter in life are loving God, loving others. That's what Jesus told us. He came to earth so that he would be the example of how to live our life. So when we're getting together during the holidays, we do just that. We love God. We don't back down from the God that we love. And we love others. We reach out and we show that love, that unconditional love, even to the people who don't believe the way we do. Yeah, as a young woman, uh, fresh out of college, I took a job at a Christian university. And um, every Monday we would gather as a staff, and we would pray. Um, And then every Wednesday, we would have chapel. And this was my first experience. I had only been a Christian for a couple years myself. I was pretty brand new to the faith. And it was my first experience really 
praying and worshiping with people from outside my church. And we had um, represented on the staff there, we had every kind of denomination you could think of. We had Methodists and we had Southern Baptists. Um, We had Catholics. We had non-denominational churches. And it was really fascinating to me to watch them gather together and discuss theological issues and pray with all of their differences. And nobody seemed to be upset or wigged out um, by the fact that they might see things differently. And that was a really great training ground for me um, that, that my years at Regent University there, because I had no idea God was going to put me, you know, in a, in a position where I would be asked by all different churches around the country to come in and lead retreats for women. And I've gone to all kind of churches doing that. And, you know, some churches that will Uh, When I speak, I can only use King James translation, you know, and some churches that um, have a a breakout session of yoga during the retreat that I'm leading. Uh, So and and other churches that would say, you know, yoga is a, you know, a Hindu concept and an abomination to God. And, you know, you have all this stuff floating around. And what I found and, and where I landed is we all have, if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord, we got common ground and we can meet at the cross, you know, that's where, where we can meet. And that's the way I've always approached um, Christians who believe differently than I believe. But, you know, uh, it's almost like we have more tolerance sometimes for other Christians outside our little sect than we do for unbelievers. And when you read the Bible carefully, the Bible calls us to be very gracious and to uh, be very forgiving and understanding with unbelievers. And I think our tendency oftentimes is to condemn them and shut them out. Well, you look at how Jesus lived life. I mean, you can wear the little wristband that says, what would Jesus do? But all we have to do is pick up the Bible and go, okay, God, how did you handle unbelievers. And what did he do? Rachel, he went and had meals at their house. I mean, he was always being condemned by his followers for being in the midst of sinners all the time, tax collectors and adulterers. And, but that's where God ministered to them. And so how are they going to see the love of Jesus in our lives unless we allow ourselves to be in their midst? You know, so at holiday time, it's a perfect time for us to let the walls down. And, you know, here's, here's what I would say. If you have young kids and you're worried that they're going to be influenced by the non-believers, you have a conversation with your kids first. And you say, look, we're going to have Aunt Susie over. And you know that she doesn't believe in Jesus, but we love her anyway. And we love her even more because we know that that's what Jesus would do. And so we're going to have a fun time together. We're going to share a meal just like Jesus would do. And you kind of prep your kids ahead of time so that they will understand that they don't have to absorb 
the lifestyle or the things that Aunt Susie's saying or doing or trying to teach them, you let them know ahead of time, this is, this is what God calls us to do. He calls us to be family, and he calls us to be there with our love, regardless, unconditionally. And sometimes I think, think at holiday time, it's hard to do that well. Oftentimes, we are concerned about what we might be exposing our kids to, and we're very focused on raising up our kids in in the way that they should go, in in the ways of the Lord. You make an excellent point. You know, if, if all the little children were to trail around behind Jesus, they would see him, you know, hanging out with some pretty salty people uh, who were probably using some pretty salty language and, uh, you know, probably maybe having one too many, you know, mugs of mold cider or whatever, uh, spiced drinks or whatnot that, um, you know, so we, I get that that's a legit concern, but at the same time, we can't let that, um, completely override our, um, relationship with our family and our relationship with God and, um, who calls us to the great commission, which is to, to love others as you, you know, would have them love you. And as God forgive them as God forgives you. So I think that um, another problem besides being concerned about how, you know, they might influence our our children, another problem that I think happens, because it happens with me, is that I'm afraid to embrace the non-believer with their wayward ways, because I'm afraid that either they will think I am good with their wayward ways, or the people watching will think I am in some way condoning that behavior. Does that make sense? Oh, sure. I, I totally get that. And I think, again, that's where you have to be you, regardless of how they're behaving. You know, you have to continue to be a follower of Christ. You have to continue to do the things and say the things that you would say if they weren't in the room. You can't you can't shy away from it. Like, let's let's just take an example. If they're offering you you or your family something that you don't want to to participate in, you can just gracefully say, no, thank you. That's not something that we do um, because we, we just don't believe that. I mean, I think that there's a lot of ways that you can still be gracious and allow your your beliefs to be known without being rude. I think that's one thing that I have to figure out for myself is how do I not judge? Because the Bible calls me to not judge others. How do I not judge them in a way that would cross the Bible's teaching? But then also, how do I embrace them in a way that would not cross the Bible's teaching? Because we also get teachings like from from Proverbs 12, the righteous should choose his friends carefully for the ways of the wicked leads them astray. Um, or, you know, do not be yoked with unbelievers. Um, so there are teachings in the Bible that tell us to um, be in the world, but not of it. And that our, uh, as Christians, our, our lives and our actions and I, I guess our, our company should not, you know, look like that of the world's. But at the same time, we cannot shut the world out if we're going to evangelize them and bring them into the fold. Well, absolutely. And in our home, we love as Jesus did. 
And whether we agree or not, we invite you in and we will love you. Now, I will tell you this. Uh, we had code words, my husband and I, and we taught the kids, and now my kids do this. We have code words that if things get out of control and you see that there's no good coming from this gathering and it's, it has taken a turn, we always chose a, a code word that when we said it, everybody knew that we were going to be wrapping up and hitting the door. It's time to, it's time to put an end to this and head out because you've got, you've always got to uh, be ready. I mean, God always says he gives us a way out. So we have to be ready for those ways out. If the time together with unbelievers turns sour, you, you need to be aware of when and how to leave. I think that's excellent advice. I think that's even excellent advice, not just maybe, um, you know, here's the code word. We're all going to, you know, yawn and stretch and say, ah, oh, look at the time, time to go. But also even maybe just to change the conversation, just a, hey, this is, you know, this is quickly unraveling. You know, everybody, you know, find a, a different, steer us in a different direction, you know. Um, change the conversation. I think that can be helpful too, particularly if maybe you're the one hosting and you can't just up and leave. But yeah, you know, uh, DesiringGod.org is um, a website that puts out lots of uh, articles and, and sermons by John Piper, Pastor John Piper and whatnot. And they published a um, article a couple years ago that is titled, Are You Too Christian for Non-Christians? Um, and it just has a little, it has several tips and points in there, but one of them... Um, um, caught my eye as we uh, are talking about this topic. And it basically says, don't withdraw from unbelieving family members. Instead, lean in. It points out that, you know, your family are people whom you're already in a relationship with. It's not like you're, you know, reading the Proverbs and trying to decide who to pick as your friends. Your family, you've got, there's already a relationship there. And there's already some level of love there, uh, them for you and you for them, despite your theological differences. And so it says, don't make them a project. Just love them as a member of your family. Um, know their struggles and encourage them and affirm them. Don't be estranged, but rather lean in, never give up on any of them, and above all else, pray for them. I'm glad that no one gave up on me because I was one of those wandering prodigals for years. My family never gave up on me. They continued to pray. They continued to invite me in. And I am now on the other side of that because I had family who loved me unconditionally. Now, I will tell you this. You brought up a point that uh, changing the conversation when you are together is something that can be tricky because if you have someone who feels like you're purposely changing the conversation because you don't want to talk about their uh, topic, then it can get a little dicey. So you have been a part of this with me, Rachel. I have a conversation jar. And in that conversation jar, I always have it. And that is something that I use a lot. And it doesn't happen just at holiday time. It's whenever I gather with friends, there's always different things in that jar that can help change the conversation. And it makes you laugh. 
it makes you answer questions about how you do believe. I mean, there's subtle questions. And if you want a copy of some of those questions, I'd be glad to share it with you. But for me, that is something that I will get a fun thing out like that and say, okay, everybody, we're going to answer. We're going to grab some questions out of the conversation jar and people will roll their eyes, but then they get into it and they're like, oh, I want to answer that one. Oh no, I want to answer that one. And everybody starts um, having a conversation that's fun and it changes the course of that touchy time. So you have a a literal jar that's full of scraps of paper that have discussion prompts or questions printed on them. Yes. And you pull one out randomly or you have someone else pull one out randomly and they read the question and then whoever wants to answer answers. Well, we started out and we just say, you know, everybody pulls one from the jar and you answer the question and you don't know what you're going to get. Now, if they don't feel comfortable with that, sometimes they'll stick it back in the jar and pull something else out. There's no, you know, it's not like you have to answer that one, but it, it's fun. It just kind of gives you, and it can be any, uh, you can mingle in different things like, you know, tell us um, how one family member really showed you they love you, uh, you know, or there's just a million different ways you can go with it, but it gives you a chance to really start sharing fun things and tell us a memory from when you were in grade school or whatever, but it helps the conversation uh, stay in a positive light. I think that's a terrific idea. If you are in a position that some of my good friends are in right now, heading into this holiday, where maybe you have an um, an assortment of people coming to your home that don't believe the same or don't have the same political views uh, or have a history of winding up bickering with one another. Um, I think that's a great idea to have something like that ready and to just say, hey, guys, um, after dinner, we're all going to you know, draw, draw a question from the jar and answer it. I think that's terrific. Well, it has worked in my family. It's worked in any small group that you want to be in because it does spur some conversation. And honestly, I have different questions about our faith in there. But you can create your own questions, but I will always be more than happy to share the ones that I've been using for years. And I add to it uh, year after year. And it's fun because as the kids get older they start participating and everybody can get involved. And so even the youngest, as soon as they're old enough to read or understand, it's the youngest to the 90-year-old, all a part of the conversation. And what I've noticed is it brings everybody together. Mm -hmm. It sounds like that functions in much the way a deck of cards did when I was growing up. And we would have gatherings and often out would come the deck of cards and we would all play a game. Right. So this year, during holiday time, instead of feeling like um, you don't know how to connect with those family members who maybe don't believe the way you do, Let's ask God to give us unique ways to connect with them and show them His unconditional love. 
May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week, where we fill you up one cup at a time. Encouragement Cafe would like to send you our coloring book devotional for a gift of any amount. Find out how to get your copy at encouragementcafe.com.